You know what time it is. Back 8 p.m. Central Time. Let's go. Let's go. What an episode. Fire episode. Honestly. So just uh, just to recap quickly, uh, this is season two, episode eight. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. Yes. What was the title? What, what was the title? The Value called... of Life. Oh. oh. Hard hitting. Hard hitting. Yeah, you can take that however you want. But I think we'll, we'll end up taking it multiple ways. We'll let y'all know how we think about it. So, yeah, what would you think? Oh, I feel like a lot happened. Finally getting some action. Um, yeah, yeah not know. in the way that I'd expected at all. Yeah, a lot of, like, talking actions, that sort of thing. Yeah. But... I don't know. Good, good episode. I feel like it, it's starting to finally, you know, ramp up and get good. Agreed. I thought the first half was a little slow. You know, they keep playing out the whole Garfield thinking that he's not on the same side thing, but then they get into the whole uh, everybody sacrificing themselves for him, and then the rabbits coming out of the way. And I was like, oh, that okay. has to be like top five worst deaths so far. That rabbit, dude. Yeah, and then they show that POV from his eye at the very last. Like that is horrifying. It's disgusting. Pretty bad. And like his skin was like bubbling as he was getting eaten alive. Yeah. I thought I thought for a second that like they were burrowing into him, and then that's why he was. That's you know, what I thought. Bubbling. So, oh, so nasty. They didn't even, the thing is like the, the the like when he saw the first rabbit, it kind of just like blew his blew his hand off or something. But no, it actually took a bite out of it, and then it had its finger in his mouth. <laughs> and then his foot came off, and then more rabbits started coming, and he was oh done. Oh my god! No, it was it was terrifying. It was yeah. So my friend, I have a friend who has four rabbits, and she loves them. Not anymore. Like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going over ever again. <laughs> like, oh, like, dude, I've used, I've crashed at her living room once, and then I was just like, yeah, you know, I'll just sleep on the couch, and then these four rabbits can just chill next to me. But yeah, no, no, no. Do they just roam free, or yeah, they they're just free? they just roam free. Man, I don't know what they're doing to me at night. Yeah. yeah, I could have had nine toes. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Oh man is right. Oh, but one thing about the rabbits. So they did have that, um, the demon sign on them. I yeah, I, know, I wrote that down like the same as the white whale. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the logo. I, I called it the logo. <laughs> the which logo? Oh, the demon logo? Yeah, the white whale logo. Honestly, it's a pretty good logo. Well, I will not lie. If you guys like the logo, check out the merch store. We put the logo on the front of a shirt. In the back, we put the white whale. Mm. All right, but yeah, um, what what else happened? I don't know. Garfield gets huge, like eight times the size of his sister. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I felt like he Last was more... 
You go. I felt like he, I felt like he was more like out of control as opposed to his sister because like he had that aura around him, and then when he was in his beast form, it just felt like he was kind of out of control. Whereas like when when what's her name Frederica was, you know, in her beast mode, she was kind of still very gentle even to Petra. Yeah, like she she was even talking to Petra and like joking around, but like yeah, definitely agree because he, yeah. what's his name Garfield, he wasn't even talking. I don't think he was just going on the rampage right and i wonder if that has to do with the fact that he can't escape the sanctuary because he is half whereas frederica can because she's you know maybe less impure or something right she's a quarter oh oh yeah she's a quarter right right was it a quarter human or a quarter beast i think quarter beast so then that makes sense right why she might be smaller right right yeah that does make sense Ah, nice. And I wonder if, like, him going beast mode is what attracted those rabbits. I mean, who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll get into that in the recap. Indeed. Oh, but yeah, the episode started right where we left off last episode. Um, them meeting up with Ram in the forest and her just roasting them right from the get-go. Like she didn't make these jokes last season, I don't think. Yeah, she didn't. But now she's funny, apparently. So one thing, one thing I noticed was like she, she said the same thing that Otto did um, about for being someone who was confined. You seem pretty composed, right? Like Otto said the same thing, but like in a different context. So it's like now two people have mentioned to Subaru that he seems oddly calm, which, I don't know, kind of, I don't know what it means, but interesting, though. Interesting. I wonder if there's just, like, a nod to character development, because I guess Ram wasn't with him when he, you know, changed for the better. So, like, I guess the Subaru that she knew was the old impulsive one, and then now it's like, oh, you can actually stay calm in these situations. But, I mean, it can also just be like, oh, you're too calm. That's weird. Right. Suspicious. Right. Exactly. But she yeah. listens to Roswell, and then she ends up helping him. So I guess all yeah. is good. Yeah, and then we finally get a title sequence. First time in, like, <laughs> eight episodes. I For some reason, I remember us discussing this title sequence last episode. I thought we commented on, like, the... If 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 uh, if it means saving you, I'll do I'll die as many times as it takes or whatever. I, I thought we made a comment about that. I don't think that was last episode. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a few episodes ago. Okay. I, yeah, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen that. Fair, fair. I mean, everything for me is just flowing together. But anyways, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So title sequence, and it was good. So was the animation on there. And I think we actually saw the bunny in the title scene. Yeah. Okay. We did. Okay. Oh, but then the conversation with Rosewall, Roswell. I feel like right. that was one of the better parts of the episode. We're finally getting some like information about Betty. Um, yeah, Subaru came in with the hard hitting questions this time. We find out that her that she's not a witch's cultist. But she does have a book that's similar to the gospel, right? Because, like, right. it's called the gospel, but this one's more like one of two books that actually tell the future, whereas Beetlejuice 
his he said his gospel told the future too but apparently that's like the defective version i think is what they said yeah yeah no i thought i thought that was a great like just like a small detail that i think is just going to be very important later on but yeah because that means that the witches cults gospels aren't actually true but that all of the believers think that the gospel is going to tell the future because it's based off of the tome of wisdom which makes sense why when subaru when he wrote like die on beetlejuice's gospel he was just like oh well that's the future so i'm gonna i'm just gonna die right here and then he died yeah was the tome of wisdom the book itself or something different like something I think separate? that yeah no i i think it's something separate i i feel like oh, he said that okay okay yeah just just to reiterate i guess but i think roswell said that beatrice's book was one of two of the book that was most similar to the tome of wisdom but it wasn't right. the tome yeah okay it's like which a, i guess makes michael sense. jordan sneaker that's been worn once by michael jordan <laughs> exactly know. exactly but yeah i mean that's also why like her book was thicker and bigger than theirs which was like more pocket pocket sized like motel six bible sort of <laughs> oh yeah the one that's like in the gross nightstand drawer yeah right next to where a gun should be anyways yeah nice oh but then then we hear from roswell that when subaru meets up with betty he should say roswell asks wants you to ask that question i think or the question mm-hmm. is that right and then that should get him to them to be allies yeah and the tuber is still not convinced and then he says say that i am that person so i wonder what the question is well well, yeah and then he was like get betty to ask the question and then answer affirmatively saying that you're the person like that's apparently the answer to the question yeah and then that'll cause her to be his ally regardless of whether or not she wants to or not because it's part of the contract which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, but then, like, it flashed back to Ram saying the same thing. Like, when was that? I don't remember yeah. that. I would, no, no, I was going to ask you the same question, too. They did, it, 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 yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff happened. I don't remember when she said that exact same phrase. So, But, like, I wonder yeah. if she was just testing him or if she just happened to say it randomly. I feel like it's too specific to be random, but I also... Yeah, don't know when she would have said it. Like, I'm guessing it might have been, like, when they were leaving the mansion to go to the sanctuary, like, early on in the season. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Drop a comment if you happen to know. Because we know we're not going back to rewatch it. So There's no way we're scrubbing through all these episodes. But anyway, so he asks the second question that has been on every viewer's mind since Roswell was introduced. Are you our enemy? And Roswell says, "No." Question mark. Pretty suspiciously, though. <laughs> Dude, it's way too suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> but anyway, so then after that happens, they end up what? They reconvene with Ram and Otto, and they're like, "Oh, it's actually pretty helpful." And they're like, "All right, let's go." Let's and go. Then they home. run into Garfield, and then he starts going on a rampage. 
Did yep. you write down the phrase when, when he was like um, something about sunset? I didn't have the chance to write it down. I, I just wrote something about Hoshin in Bannon's sunset. Yeah, basically, our Garfield gave them an ultimatum where he was like, either surrender now and come back with me to the prison or we're fighting. And so, yeah, I thought it was really cool that like um, Otto and Ram both jumped out in front of him when that when he said that phrase. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's like there's this whole lore in the world that's been like built up but not really talked about but like Mm -hmm. the characters that live in the world know about it but we in Subaru don't yeah I wonder if that means like every phrase that Garfield has said throughout this series has just been alluding to something and everybody else actually knows what he's talking about except us yeah half the time he's talking I'm like what am I just stupid and don't know what you're saying or am I actually not supposed to understand what you're saying (laughs) <laughs> yeah but considering he's the only character that we don't understand i feel like it, it's okay yeah yeah but that, yeah i have to do like a double take and i'm like did i miss that or was it intentionally <laughs> he's just saying something weird i feel i think he's just weird but okay so what happens so then um auto throws him into petrarch and they end up leaving Rand ends up stalling i guess we can only assume that she ends up dying because after they, after that touching scene where they are sent off by all the villagers, Garfield comes out of nowhere and then just rampages throughout the forest. Finally, when the dust clears, he's standing over Subaru. And yeah. Subaru gives up. Otto runs in, pushes him out of the way. One of the most gruesome scenes we've seen in a while. Otto gets slashed in half. That was tough. A tough scene. Yeah, that was tough. And then the villagers get... Uh, to... They're throwing these small-ass rocks at, at him, thinking that's going to stop him. Yeah, I don't remember when they got so courageous. Yeah, apparently Otto did some uh, some rallying the troops there. Yeah. I wonder like what all this does for like Subaru's mindset, though, because it's like... I mean, like, beyond the fact that, like, they all die, but it's like, what does him seeing everybody come to his aid, like, do for him? Right. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you'd think it gives him some sort of, like, courage or confidence, but, yeah, clearly we'll see later on in the episode that, like, them dying and him dying hasn't been great on his uh, mental health there. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I feel like at at the end of the day, like he's just an overwhelmingly alone with like nobody else to share any of these timelines with, and like only he ever remembers these things. But to see the, these people still come and help him despite only knowing him through this one timeline, I feel like that's like pretty pretty telling in like the kind of impact that he's had on that. Right. Because yeah, he's basically saved their village like multiple times at this point in this one timeline like from the dogs and then from the witches cult and i don't know maybe more than i'm forgetting but that is true he's basically their hero right oh and we have to remember that rem because she was wiped from everybody's memories rem wasn't part of it so technically he was the one that single-handedly saved all of them every single time that's a good point 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, forgot about that. But okay, so yeah, yeah, I guess I guess the response makes sense. So, yeah. So then he gets thrown into the air by Patrash. By bloody Patrash with like one eye left. Last uses the last of his energy. Yeah. Got wrecked. Pain, pain. But then, yeah, he gets transported to the cellar, which we think is like the same cellar that we've seen the whole time, which technically right. it is, but apparently it's in some other time, it seemed like, like a time shift of sorts, because now it's snowing. He goes and checks out the village, and there's no one there, but their stuff is there, so clearly it's not the past. Like, they have been there, but they're not no longer there. So you would think that it's sometime in the future. So right, and then he gets mobbed by the rabbits. Yeah. So because when I saw the winter scene, I was thinking either a lot of time had passed, or like the only other winter scene we'd seen in this entire show was like when Puck got really mad. So I was thinking mm-hmm. that Puck would come back, and then when I saw the bunny, I was like, oh, maybe that's Puck's real form or something. And there then, is Puck. Yeah. Exactly. Go. So it didn't happen, and then he got mauled. We already talked about that, so let's just keep going. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's two stones, right? So Frederica's, or was that, because that was Garfield's stone that he had, right, in the second one, like this one when he jumped into the snow? Or was it not? I don't know if he gave him the stone in in this time arc. Really? So was it Frederica's still that he had? It's possible. It's possible that yeah. somebody could have given it to him. Like maybe Otto gave it to him or something. Because I don't really yeah. know how he got the stone. I thought Amelia had it. Yeah, how did he get the stone? That's a good question. So good let's question. say, yeah. yeah because it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't Garfield this time. Because okay. the only, he's given him the stone the other times. The first time was when Garfield was riding with him, and then he was like, "Hey, take uh-huh. it." The second time was when Rem was like, "Don't you have?" Or Ram was like, "Don't you have something to give me?" And then he gives it to him. But then this time they were so suspicious of him that they didn't have like a chance to even do that. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So whose stone is it? Is it? Because like, did what happened to Frederica's? Because like, that one made him transport to the temple. Like, did it break, or did it just remain intact? I think, I think it ended up on Amelia. I want to say that's what happened. Okay. For whatever reason. Yeah. Okay, now now I'm kind of... Hmm. I don't remember. Anyway, we'll figure it out if it's important later. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, apparent... My, my guess is that he went to the future, but... Who knows? Right. So well, I mean, regardless, you can transcend time and location. Yeah. Either that, or just knocked him out, and he stayed unconscious for so long that time passed. <laughs> Enough for it to change seasons. Exactly. Or for Puck to rain down a wintry hell on the planet. Man. Who knows? Yeah, that has to be like the biggest mystery left. Like. Or did Puck go? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we find out soon. But I mean, hopefully, I mean, there's still like 13 episodes-ish. I mean, 15, whatever. 
17. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay, but anyway, so then after that, he dies, and they get reset back to the exact same spot, which is in the trial graveyard with Amelia. But this time, uh, he ends up going crazy, and then bangs his head on the wall a few times, and then the witch ends up inviting him. Which, like, he later brings this up too, but it is weird, because in the witch's timeline, in Echidna's timeline, she should have just seen him. So the fact that she's asking for another meeting is already suspicious. And he later brings on the timeline discrepancy anyways. But, yeah, so he ends up getting transported there. Yeah, I wasn't really following that. Like, how... So does time just not pass in Echidna's world, or what? Well, okay, so what my thinking was... So what happened was they, Subaru and Amelia, they both... Or Amelia first went into the trial, right? Yeah. This is, like, way back way back in like episode three or something Subaru follows her and then Subaru is thrust into his own trial with his dad and mom he passes that trial and then that's the reset point where he wakes up and sees Amelia that's still laying there and then and then we see him go like off to do multiple reruns and then the bunnies kill him and then he comes back to the right when he finished his first trial you know what I mean? Yeah, so she saw him, like, in the classroom, right? Yeah, she literally saw him, like, a second ago, in her timeline. Remember? And right. then, so after she kicks him out of the classroom, he's supposed to wake up next to Amelia. Okay, for some reason I thought, like, it meant, like, immediately after the last time he was in the green, like, Rolling Hills area. Oh, which- oh. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Think I was so. gonna say like that part happened like a really long time ago when they first got to the sanctuary. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's just yeah, I think it's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Hmm. So I guess then that brings up the question. So like, how does he get there? Like, what does it mean to get there? Right, like. Right. Because it seemed like the first time he like it was his own will that got him to the we'll call it window vista mm-hmm. um world but then i guess not this time the witch brought him there yeah i guess so and i and i wonder if it's like if it's even bringing his whole body there which is bringing like his spirit or something because i feel like that that would be an explanation as to why he can freely talk about his curse without getting you know heart clenched Right, yeah. Either that or, like, it's an entirely different world where the the Jealous Witch just doesn't exist. So, like, she can't get to him in this world. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. Like, it, it. one more reference, but, like, it reminds me of in Black Clover where the... I don't, have you seen that? No. Okay. Well, there's this... Anyways, for those who have, there's, like, this... Uh, the Purple Peacocks captain she, who has, like, this dream world that she can take people in. And once you take people to the dream world, she controls what goes on in there. And she can talk freely about curses. Whereas if you were to talk about the curse in real life, you would get, like, smited by a devil or something. So similar concept, perhaps. Maybe. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But then... So, yeah, I guess why I think it's another world is, like, he also said, like, 
he feels more calm when he's with her, right? And then right. she was like, it's because you drank the tea when he was there the last time. So it's that's what I was thinking. Oh, right. it's like a whole different like existence almost. Yeah, possible. Possible. Hopefully they go more into depth on like what that place actually is. I do remember like when they went there the first time, she was like, all right, let me show you what it actually looks like. And then she takes off the background and then it's just like black. Or it's like, it's not black. It's like a, like a sea of stars almost. And just like nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Don't really know, dude. But okay, regardless of where they are, let's talk a little bit about the actual meat of the conversation. Because, dude, wild. Yeah, so apparently she knows everything that's happened to Subaru so far. And she knows everything that she knows. <laughs> and what she doesn't know, she wants to know. Oh, oh, what a, what a good, yeah, forever learning mindset. It's a great mentality to have, guys. Be, be a lifelong learner. like <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, tell, tell that to people on your job interviews. Tell that to people uh, you're at the grocery store. Tell it to your grandkids. Just uh, keep <laughs> on learning. Just, what what else are we supposed to do on this planet? Yeah, seriously. Mm. But yeah, what happened in the conversation? Subaru, I think the first thing was like, Subaru was like, can I, can we change our agreement or like, so the past agreement was that he forgets everything that happened, which I also don't remember them making that vow, but it's okay. But apparently that was the vow. <laughs> and yeah, <he laughs> no, you had the vow too. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So he wants to remember this conversation happening. Right. Why? Right. Exactly. Just cause I just I feel like I feel like it's an important conversation to remember, right? Yeah. Because last time, at least, like when he was given information about being able to do the trial, like that was a pretty key piece of information. Because otherwise, he would have just, you know, like I think he got lucky that he ran after uh, Amelia and was able to do the trial. Because otherwise, he would have just run in there and then been like kicked out or something. Right. Interesting. But also, but also just like, cause remember the first time she ended up telling him all about this lore about the, a bunch of different other witches and like whatever their names meant and whatever. It's like a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of stuff that I can't remember. Oh, there, there, that scene went by way too fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one scene that we had to watch like three times. I know. Hmm. But yeah, so then he asks her about the vow, and she's like, "Uh, yeah, sure, I guess I can do that." And then he grabs her, and then he does the whole this thing with her. <laughs> Probably one of the best scenes. Just gonna say that For right sure. now. For sure. <laughs> and then he's like, um, "Yeah, great." And then he drinks the tea, and she's like, "But that's my body fluids." And then he spits it out, and he's like, "I forgot." <laughs> Good times. Nice. And then we get to the most important part where he's like, um, hey, so I want to... Uh, and then he brings up this, the discrepancy. He's like, didn't you just see me? And then she says something about, I, I know everything, whatever, whatever. And then she says, 
uh, some, she says something about, is this before or after you're going to break down and cry or something? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't, really, I don't really know what you're talking about here. But then after he spills everything, he does break down and cry. So I'm like, damn, what if she knows the future? Yeah. And then when he does break down and cry, it's like, yeah, just like that scene with Amelia when he was crying on her lap way back in season one. You remember that one? Kind of a a parallel there. Um, Right. Yeah. It is okay for males to cry. Yeah. She just seems so nice. Yeah. Is she really? I pray that she doesn't become like the villain because the way she's shaping up right now, she's definitely one of the good guys. Yeah, she she's making a, a run for best girl without without Rem this season. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, Ekidana's gonna gonna take the the star power. <laughs> Only because the number the number one is sleeping, and was wiped from everybody's memory. It's the only reason. <laughs> but but yeah, last thing. So just going back to like what exactly, you know, just like trying to put ourselves in Subaru's shoes. Kind of just like, yeah, I mean, like imagine having this huge problem and you just can't talk about it with everybody or with anybody. And then like the day you're finally able to talk about it with somebody. Like, I honestly, I can't imagine what that must feel like. But for him, who's like been through all that he's been through. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like he has every right to just get down and start crying. Right, like he's hinted at it before that it's been hard or he's been through a lot. But yeah, he's never actually been able to say it and just talk about it with someone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Did anything else happen after that scene? I don't know. It was just pretty emotional. Yeah. Painful. Painful. Yeah. It was a good scene. I, I can't really think of like, yeah, I can't really think of a moment that I've felt like that, but yeah, I can, I can, I can only imagine, I guess I'm blessed to not have, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was really nice when Echidna was like, I've watched you, so I know what's happened, but I still want to hear it straight from you, like to really get Subaru's perspective. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was uh, cool and just kind of being a good friend, I guess. Right. And I think it's cool because it's like, technically that's us too. Because like right. all this time, like we've watched him, but like because he's never been able to tell anybody, he's we've never been able to hear him tell people mm. either. So if anything, we know as much as about Subaru as Echidna does. And like now we get to, you know, hear it from him. Right. So that's a good point. Interesting stuff. I wonder if that's like why we're able to resonate or like empathize with Echidna and like appreciate her as a character. So we'll see. Right. Well, I um, think that was it. Yeah, I think so. Ah, uh, good episode. I I would rate I I would put this as one of the top ones of the season. Of the season, for sure. 
What about yeah. the whole series? Like maybe number top, top, top five. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely a bunch of other good episodes. Not gonna lie. So, but this one's up there. It's up there. I feel like season one was a lot more action packed, but this one's more talking, yeah. which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But yeah, they're just I wonder. Different. I wonder if also it's because we like when we watched season one, it was like we watched it all through. Like, did you watch it when it came out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was I, watching I, it. Aired. Got you. Because I, when I was watching it, I watched it like all at once. So I think like some of the slower episodes, I kind of I could kind of like lean over. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well. Does that bring us to the questions of the week? I think it does, yeah. All right. Let's go. Of the week. Of the week. Okay. Open the mailbox. Let me, let me go check my Twitter DMs. I think, I think I might have one. I think I might have one. All right. What? ways would you recommend staying active during quarantine okay yeah also i'll kick us off with that so you know first of all no pressure gotta be politically correct in this climate these days so yeah no pressure obviously you know if you don't feel like staying active you don't have to be just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean you got it Okay, with that out of the way, yeah, I mean, if you have, like, the privilege and luxury to, you know, be able to work from home and, like, have your food and whatever housing provided for, yeah, I don't see why you shouldn't have to work out. I feel like it's great for your body, uh, great for your head. Anyways, uh, the way I recommend, honestly, like, I've been going to the gym. I feel like it's been pretty safe. Uh, I try to go out on an off hour and, like, I keep a mask on and, like, I wipe down things. Like, I stay away from people. I tried going to my apartment gym, and it was actually more crowded, and people wouldn't wear masks. So, like, the gym was smaller. There'd be, like, more people per square foot, and they're just, uh-huh. like, talking about how they want to go into this medical specialty, this that medical specialty, all the while just, like, spitting, like, into the air. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But anyway, so if you don't have access to a gym or just don't want to for fear of infecting people at home, I get that. Uh, honestly, I found the best way is just to – Go on YouTube and pull up like a 20, 30 minute at home body weight workout and do it with them. I always found it to be really hard to be self-motivated to do body weight workouts, especially at home. Because it just gets boring. But like if you're able to follow a person on YouTube, watch their video, or do it with them, the time flies by much faster and you kind of don't have to think about the programming. Obviously, if you're more you know, serious about it, then you know, by all means, just do your own programming. But it's a good way to get out of the slump at least. What about you? Yeah, I actually haven't been to a gym in, since like March, I think. So it's been yeah. a really long time. Good on you. Um, yeah, so what I've been doing, been trying to go running, you know, get back into doing cardio now and then. I feel like it's pretty easy to stay socially distanced when you're running, like if your sidewalks are big enough and stuff. Oh, for so sure. That's nice. Um, Yoga has also been good, so I do that when I can. And that one you don't even have to leave your apartment to do, so that's right. pretty nice too. Um, With Leanna? Nah, just me. 
Yeah. Um, what else? Um, weekends, I try to go golfing. I feel like that's like a fun sport to do while socially distanced. So that's been another good way to stay active. Yeah, I saw your stroke. Impressive. Thank you. Thank you. You should see my stroke. It is awful. Oh, I've I've seen it. Oh, you have seen it. I forgot. Okay, let's um, let's move on from that yeah. topic of my stroke. Did you get any questions this week? Yeah, I got a question. Actually, just submitted right now. So they're like, um, they said bucks in five question mark and to that i oh. say i have no idea because i do not know what the future of the nba holds right like yeah so for those who don't know all nba games that were scheduled to happen today were postponed um as as a direct response and protest to the shooting that happened in kenosha wisconsin um yeah, I mean, I want to hear what you think too, but like, I I definitely support the NBA players because like, clearly, nothing is changing when black <clears throat> black men continue to get shot and killed by the police. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I definitely support the players. Right, I feel you. I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I'll just start from the beginning. So I guess today, like. Early in the day, like I was mostly just following up on um, the news with that one 17-year-old vigilante dude who crossed state borders to bring his AR-15 over to Wisconsin to quote-unquote defend property and whatnot and then quell unrest. And just I was just so surprised when like he was met with uh, by the police, not with, you know, anger and like cries of hey go home what are you trying to do be a, a wannabe police officer or like a volunteer civilian militia there no they didn't say that they were just like yeah we're very thankful that you and these other comrades of yours also fellow young white males with guns we're thankful that you guys are here to help our effort to squash this protest and i was just like wow that is insane and then later on, he ends up getting chased down, who knows why, by some dude. He turns around, shoots him, kills him, gets on the phone, is calling somebody, hey, I killed this guy. Ends up walking down the street, finally gets chased down by another dude who throws a skateboard at him. He turns around again, shoots that guy, shoots another guy, and then he walks into like a convoy of police cars that are approaching with his hands up, with his guns just strapped across his chest, and the police car just like roll by him and they don't even stop him. And later on, apparently he made it all the way back to his house back in Illinois. And then that's when they arrested him. Not that night, which is crazy. So I'm sure like, like I already couldn't concentrate when I was, you know, doing my med school work. But then like to think about the NBA players, like in their bubble, getting ready for the game, but like to have to see all these things on Twitter and social media and whatever. Yeah. I mean, like if I was out of it, I can't imagine how out of it they were. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, especially the Bucks too, right? I, I know they weren't – I don't think they were the first team to start the protest, but, yeah, this happened like half an hour away from 
Milwaukee. So it's kind of like right in their right. backyard. So it, it really hits even closer to home for them. Exactly. And I just remember like us at the beginning of the day, we were talking about what other team was thinking about doing it. Like the Clippers and the Rockets or something. Right, right, right. And then you were like, um, what, yeah, the, at least if anything, the Bucks should do it. And then what do you know? They do. And then, they, like, the, yeah, that happened literally an hour later. The yeah. Bucks announced that they were going to um, sit out. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's even crossing over to other sports too, like baseball, a couple teams postponed, and soccer too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would be, I don't know, kind of cool, honestly, if like, just say stopped all sports as a protest. Yeah. And like, usually like, I know, like, you know, there's a lot of pressure these days to have to like post there. Okay. There's not pressure. There's like, there's like a sense that like, because everybody's posting about something that you guys, uh, you have to post about it as well. And like, right. you don't like, you don't have to, like, if you're, if the only reason you're posting is because other people are posting uh, technically that's called virtue signaling as I've come to learn, but uh, definitely it's fine to take your time to understand an issue. And, you know, that's, that's usually what I like doing. But um, when I, when that news first came out, I asked you earlier, I was like, does that, what does that actually do? Because technically, you know, when you boycott something, like the, the closest example I can think of, or the top, on the top of my head, like what I can think of is like the Montgomery bus boycott where they, all the, uh, the black citizens, they ended up not using the busing system and that mm-hmm. actually, like, they just ended up walking everywhere. And because they did that, they saved a bunch of money, but then they also deprived the city of the public funds that they collected by using public transportation. And, like, right. I, that makes a lot of sense because they're sending a message to the, uh, the you know, the, the what's it called? the oppressive system, you know, but it's like in terms of the NBA, when you boycott the NBA, it's not like the NBA hasn't been supportive of this. Like, in fact, they've been very supportive, if not the most supportive uh, sports league out of the whole world. So in the beginning, I was like, what does that actually accomplish? So like, what do you think it accomplishes? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, a lot of it has to do with just really sending a message, you know, just because NBA players are really some of the biggest celebrities in the world, especially when someone like LeBron James is speaking out so publicly about it. I feel like, and because, I don't know, kind of like you mentioned, trying to attack the oppressor directly doesn't work too well when the oppressor is like the police. Um yeah, we can say defund the police, but that's we're not really going to get there as like individuals, you know. So, at least from the NBA and the NBA players' perspective, I feel like a lot of it is just like sending a message and kind of getting the conversation going again. Because I feel like um, in some areas, it's the Black Lives Matter movement has died down a bit. Like certainly there are fewer protests these days. Um, yeah, so I feel like them protesting the games kind of get, gets the movement back going again. Right. I feel you. I feel like part of the thing that's like was frustrating for me, it's, it was like 
you know, I'd see all these things happening, but like beyond, you know, petition and like spreading the word and talking about it, there wasn't really much I could do. But like for for the NBA players, I think they felt the same way where it's like, yeah, you know, I can tweet about it and talk about it and wear shirts that, you know, uh, support the cause. But at the end of the day, like I want to do something more. And what I can do is this extremely public gesture to, yeah, to like drive awareness. And I think the fact that the other teams also did it and like the WNBA followed suit and like some of the MLB teams followed suit, I think that's what makes it powerful too, because it's not just like, that's just one team, whatever. We don't have to watch Bucks basketball. It's kind of like the whole sport and across like multiple sports, which is, yeah. Right. Like it's, like it's they're actually doing something, you know, like something that's pretty tangible rather than, like you mentioned, just tweeting or wearing a new T-shirt. Yeah. So I think think they're just doing what they can, like whatever is within their power. It's like kind of similar to just taking a knee for the national anthem, but they're taking it to the next level, which is a commendable. Like I I spent like quite some time this afternoon, like reading through the comments of like every house of highlights post where they posted about this and the majority of them yeah surprisingly negative where it's like and it's like um great they solved racism with a lot of sarcasm or like um how come you didn't protest over canon five-year-old white boy or um i forget a bunch of the comments but like it was just it was like just play basketball or whatever but it's like, I think the fact that you have to have an issue, the fact that you have an issue about this and are like, you care enough to make a comment and and like not, you know, take the time to understand that like what happened earlier in that shooting was like not okay. I feel like that goes to show like where your priorities are. Not you, but like. You know, just like yeah, yeah. the people who say that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like how clueless can you be or how insensitive can you be really, you know? Yeah. Oh, and it's like, I, I just I just thought about like, okay, if like the first thought that comes into your mind when you hear black male shot by a white cop is like, oh, what did he do? Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, in a sense, like that's okay if you think about it, but like, if you were to hear about like Asian male shot by a white cop, you would almost have like a different initial gut reaction. And I feel like the fact that there is a different initial gut reaction kind of like exposes the different viewpoints you have on these two populations. And once again, I say you just like as in general. So, yeah. Like you see, you see it in the comments too, right? Like, people are commenting just like, hey, just listen to the police, right? Um, and stuff like that. Like, they're assuming that they're just either not following the law or not following the police officer. But it's like, you could still, like, black people are still following the law and following what police say, and they're still getting shot anyways. Like, clearly nothing that we've done so far or that anyone has done so far has been able to make a difference so like how can you say like don't try and make a difference and just play basketball when like uh, clearly when you if you say that then 
it the whole uh, immune system doesn't oppress you at all yeah exactly exactly you can only say that if yeah exactly exactly i mean you said it perfectly so i don't need to i don't need to recap that but yeah i mean like if you don't have any problems with the existing system then like there's no reason to change it and like there's every reason to just keep things the way they are but like once you understand that just because it works for you doesn't mean it works for everybody else then i think that's when you can turn the page and change the way you comment online but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i think at the end of the day like they're doing they're right they're doing what they can and i like my question like I, before we started the podcast i was wondering like what the owners were saying about it and like i saw one official statement from the bucks owners and the bucks owners were like although we were not aware of this we fully support it and i was like oh wow good good owners Thanks. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good, good discussion and doing yeah. a complete 180 here. But I think it's time for our final topic of the day. <laughs> final topic yes. of every episode. Top three worst one. Why don't you kick it off? Okay, I'll, I will. I will. I would love to kick this off. So, all right, Austin, you have your list completed. Yep, written good. down. That was a rhetorical question, not for me, rather for everyone else listening. Okay, there you have it, the proof. Okay, so I put as my number one worst character, I ended up putting Garfield. Uh, I I thought we could go for before. Anyways, I put Garfield. I I just feel like, I mean, he wasn't even that bad of a character. It's just I had to put somebody. But man, it's just like falsely accusing people based off of how they smell. That's smellist. All right, number three, yeah. I'm going to go with, um, I put all the villagers as a whole. Oh, I just, yeah. I thought what they did was very commendable. You know, Subaru got they back, and now they got Subaru's back. And yeah, the fact that they literally died for him, you know, says a lot. Number two, I ended up going with Otto. Once again, the dude proves that he is best friend material. <laughs> <laughs> throws him out of the way of Garf once pushes him out of Garf's way two gets killed three anyways rallied that... all the villagers too <laughs> rallied all the villagers exactly wow Man. gosh I thought he was actually going to do I thought he was going to go take it as far as to like you know burn his oil supply to save Super, but the fact that he went and got all the villagers that says even more. Man. All right. Love and then that. top top one, I'm gonna go with Red no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna go with Echidna. <laughs> I'm going with Echidna. She is basically Subaru's mom at this point, and I I live for it. Also, yeah, she's very sweet when she blushes, very sweet. Oh. Yeah, I mean yeah. how oh, and then her outfit, the black cloak, awesome. Would no, cosplay just... if I was a girl. All right, that's that's that. How about you? You can still cosplay it either way, but yeah, that, that's true. That's true. We were pretty close once again. Worst character of the week for me, Garfield. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I feel like we. I hope we learn more about like why he's so different in each timeline. Is it really just the smell? I feel like there's more to it than that. Like he seems a little bit mentally unstable um number three got ram 
I feel like she had she had a bunch of good one-liners when she was like, even though you two amount to half a man each, you still take up the space of a full man. We'll, we'll make that my favorite scene of the week just so we pick something different. Um, I thought that was really funny. Um, two, Otto, same, same thing you said. Beast, best friend for sure. Number one, Ekidana. Yeah. Uh, no explanation needed just the whole when the grabbing the hand scene and when she was just like okay we can change the vow oh, good stuff good stuff dude yeah no, i mean all in all quality episode i was gonna put ram as number three but then i thought about it and i was like oh the villagers really deserve it and then i was like oh that means we're not gonna get four for four though i know but one day yeah, I mean, I mean, the reward for us getting four for fours will follow all of you back. Oh, on Instagram. Ah! Yeah, we're at weebcast underscore pod, right? Yep. We'll 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 try and get the weebcast handle itself one of these days, but until until. How much day. we gotta pay you? Seriously. Seriously. If you're not using it, just give it up. Take it. Yeah, we're not telling our listeners to go report that profile, but... (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. On that note, 55 minutes in, we're calling it. Hit us with the sign-off, which is you singing the outro song. All right. All right. I got it this time. I've heard it enough. It's... um, Ba 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 